Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah Levon. And we are so glad you're here. We believe that your life has the potential to make a deep, meaningful impact on the world around you. You, as a nurse, have the ability to add value to every single person and patient you touch. We want to inspire you with resources, education, and stories to support you to live your absolute best life both in and outside of work. But don't expect perfection over here. We're just here to have some conversations about anything birth, work, and life, trying to add some happy to your hour as we all grow together. By nurses for nurses, this is Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. Okay, so I think it was the summer of 2019 And I had just started some like silly little memes on the internet, on Instagram. I wanted to like talk to nurses and I got a message from Clara who we have as a guest today. And I remember like jumping out of my chair and I was like, like nurse Clara messaged me. And I remember texting my sister and I screenshotted it to her and I was, she was like, oh my gosh. And I don't, you probably have no recollection of this Clara, but you wanted to use one of my things, like my little silly graphics I made. And I was like, yeah. And I'll just like make it in your color scheme. Cause I wanted it to match your page more. And then we became fast friends. And so it is an honor to say that Clara, you were on the podcast today and I, this is so exciting for me. Oh my gosh. I'm what? so excited. I remember this, but now it was a pie chart of something. Actually, yeah. no, I remember this exactly. It was a pie chart of how nurses spend like their 12 hour shifts, right? How an Something nurse... like that. Something like that. <laughs> and I remember like 80% was like adjusting the toko monitors. And I was like, yes, precisely. <laughs> I love that. What a full circle moment though, for the both of you that like I years know. later, look at how much life can change. And we're oh. all going to get to learn about that specifically for your life, Clara, because a lot has changed in your life. But if you want to just introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Obviously, big fan of Bundleworth Nurses. What you guys are doing is absolutely amazing. And obviously, for me, when I was working bedside in L&D, it was like, y'all were like saving my life and like, therefore saving the lives of my patients and like my coworkers. I mean, you know, what we learn in school is so different from what we learn in practice. And so what y'all have taught on social media is what I learned in practice and outside of school. And that is, I feel like 90% of what makes me a nurse today, a nurse practitioner. Anyway, before I get too emotional, I'm Clara. (laughs) I'm a gynecology nurse practitioner. I'm based in Atlanta. I work in a gynecology only practice now, but my background is in L&D. Actually, before I became an L&D nurse, I worked on postpartum as a tech for about a year. While I was in school, learned so much right about that side of things. Then transitioned into becoming an extern on a busy labor and delivery unit, and then spent about three to four years there working night. And then in, I kind of like sandwiched a lot of my stuff together and overlapped. So in my last two years of working nights in L&D, I also got my uh, master's as a family nurse practitioner. And so I kind of did a little different route than what a lot of people do after like women's health. So not doing WHNP, I did FNP. And so that's where I'm today working in a gynecology only practice. I like how you subtly say like a busy unit. Oh my gosh. Listen. The busiest unit. <laughs> the busiest. I know. And I think that was like the biggest selling points for me, right? When I started there as a new grad. And it is for a lot of new grads because, you know, as a new grad, you're like, 
you know what, throw me in coach. Like I want to learn all the things and see all the things, but very little could have prepared me (laughs) for those four years because it is, it is the busiest unit in the nation, but also I think they say in the world, I don't know, but it's a lie. I think it was like 20,000 deliveries a year. Right. And so how many nurses, we've talked about it, but did you say like 40 to 50 nurses on a shift and you like don't even know who each other are? Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge unit. And so there are, I have to like count the pods, but I think a dozen pods. And so on the unit, it's not just LDR, not just delivery. There's antepartum as well, slash triage. There's also postpartum, high-risk triage, and the OR. And so you show up on your shift and you look at the little assignment sheet and you could be literally anywhere. And I think that really did prepare me to be a better nurse and healthcare provider, but also stemmed, my anxiety stemmed from that a lot because you just never know on top of being a nurse already. But yeah, we did all the things and you just never knew what you were walking into as, you know, typically can be in labor and delivery. No, totally. Did you have a question? What great experience. Yeah. I did unmute because I'm curious how you made the decision from labor and delivery to nurse practitioner. And we'll talk about like the difference between WHNP and FNP. Cause I, I don't, I don't know that people know the difference. I sort of know the difference, but only because of my friends that have been through different programs. But I'd love to hear sort of like, what did that transition look like for you? How did that come up? Is that something you always wanted? And I think for all of us, us, I say I left the bedside as well, but anybody who's at the bedside and ever considers potentially leaving the bedside, I think that can feel really overwhelming and really like, how could I leave my identity? You know, and like, I even ask the question now, like people will say, they'll say like, you know, when you were a nurse and I'm like, I'm still a nurse. Give me some credit. You know, I still have a license, but it's different. It's different. So talk to us about that transition. Yeah, absolutely. It's so different. And like, I don't think really anything could prepare you for that unless like besides just going through it. I think what a lot of people ask is what is the main difference, right? So like logistically, Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about that, it's obviously you're not working not only at the bedside, but as a nurse, right? So oftentimes, you know, working to support uh, supervising a medical doctor or DO or advanced practice providers and kind of leaning into this more autonomous independent role where you kind of make the plan yourself and evaluate the patient yourself and carry the plan out. But yeah, it's, it's so different. But what did attract me about it was the autonomy, like being a little more independent, Mm -hmm. like not feeling like I was necessarily like a small part in this huge machine, which I still, I think if you work in healthcare, the entire system is a machine, right? But Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted a little more independence in what I did on a day to day. And then I also wanted a little more work-life balance. And I think that's where it gets kind of hazy because like you said, Justine, a lot of people think, oh, this is going to like solve all my problems and I'm going to feel way less stressed and I'm going to like suddenly get this work-life balance and I can quit therapy and everything will be great. But it just really depends. And in that transition and also even working as a nurse, you learn what you're going to ask for and need in that next role. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. even, you know, I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from going into that route, but there's a lot of, a lot of things you can do as a nurse now, right. That can give you that work-life balance other than going and getting, getting your master's. 
I love that. Like what? So I, yeah, I want to know. So if you were going to go back, <laughs> you're going to wake up and be at the bedside again, Clara. So let's do like full time nights, Clara. You woke up and you're like, oh no, like I'm back. What would you do? To have <laughs> oh no, she says. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Full-time nights is hard, okay? Anyone so hard. Oh, I would think, oh, no. Like, the yeah. thought of going back to full-time nights, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Part-time is more bearable. And I know you were part-time during yeah. school. So let's go back even yeah. farther to full-time nights, Clara. What would you do? Listen, you know, a part of me does say, oh, no. Like, most of me does. But also part of me is like, oh, okay, let's do it. Yeah. You know, just a couple weeks. Like, I think I could do it. Hmm. But I think I would tell myself that, one, it's really not as bad as you think, <laughs> you know, the grass isn't always greener, right? I think mm. no matter what position you're in, in the world of healthcare or in the world of nursing and schedule wise, you're like, oh, surely days is better. Surely part-time is better. Surely PRN is better. And you know what? Yeah. Working mm-hmm. less is better, obviously, but, or you're like, oh, surely working outpatient versus inpatient is better or working Monday through Friday is better, whatever. But I do think there's such a beauty in one working nights and two working full time. Number one, full time, the paycheck, right? You're getting paid for your work. So that's awesome. And then with like night shift differential and weekend differential Mm -hmm. on nights and holidays, nothing can beat that, I feel. And then I do kind of look back and kind of want to tell myself there really is like no rush in getting to that Mm. next point and figuring it out. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yes. And I think often that we're like, it is always the grass is always greener. And the moment you settle, I actually had a conversation about this this week. The moment you settle and you're like, ah, it's like, okay, but what's next? It's that hustle culture rather than just like, what if we were just totally present in this season of life? you know, and and embraced it for what it was and then realized when the season was shifting, Uh you know, it's a different, less like like, strivey way to live. Yeah. But I feel like as nurses, like it's always what's next, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. always like, oh, you're working bedside for like a year. It's like, okay, well, are you going to grad school? Are you going to be a supervisor? Are you going to team lead? Are you going to be charged? Are you going to be Oh my God. Right. It's like, <laughs> all, especially in L&D, right? <laughs> There's always something in the water. Someone's always pregnant. Right. Yeah. So it's a hard mindset to escape in our specialty, but it's also a hard in general, you know, like societally, we're always like, okay, what's next? And is the next step really like what you really imagine it to be? Not always. Right. But it can still be wonderful and beautiful. So I tell myself, don't rush, go travel, like try another like specialty, like mm. shadow other, you know, worlds of nursing and healthcare and just really get the taste of what it all looks like because your next step might not be your forever step and that's okay, but there's really no rush. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you could just give us insight into your day-to-day as an FNP, right? I have it right. That's how you're functioning. And then what would be the difference between women's health nurse practitioner? Like what if somebody were like and listening to this and going like, you know, I've really considered it or I really would like I have a lot of interest. I think that might be my next step. Like, can you just give us a lowdown of what their future would look like with schooling, the differences, options, et cetera? When we start with day to day, let me tell you the biggest difference is how we sign our name at the end of a note. 
I go Clara Jones, comma, FNP, and my coworker who's a women's health NP signs blah, 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 comma, WHNP. So in the day-to-day, as long as we're doing, we're hired for the same role and we're seeing the same patients, we function the exact same. Now, you know, depending on the specialization and the type of nurse practitioner you are, so there's so many different types. There's family, women's health, there's psych, there's neonatal, emergency, adult gero, acute care, and I'm sure I'm missing some, but FNP is what's described as like the generalized role where we're trained to go into primary care or internal medicine. But I think we all have figured out to kind of like use this as like the base of jumping into specialties, especially if we know going in that we don't want to necessarily narrow ourselves down to one specialty for the rest of our career. And, you know, Mm. what a lot of people do is they do dual degrees too. If they can find a program that offers like a dual women's health MP with a CNM or certified nurse midwife role, then they like that. But oftentimes a lot of people don't do that and just get the midwifery role because if you're a midwife, you can function as a women's health MP. You know, some people like Mm -hmm. to do, yeah, family FNP and then get a post-master's certificate in like psych, especially after working for a while and realizing that almost every visit is a psych visit. Then Mm. you can just get a little more education and maybe another certificate that tells you you are certified to practice in this way. But yeah, day to day, my woman's health. So I work with three WHNPs. They're trained, obviously, more specifically to see more GYN, more OB, and they actually learn certain skills in school compared to me in school during my FNP preparation. I didn't learn how to, obviously, we learned like pelvic exams, but we didn't learn certain procedures or skills like IUD insertion removals, Nexplanon insertion removals, colposcopies and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really, uh, the education is a little different, but the major difference is FNP is a generalized role where you can then be trained into a job if you do get a job in a specialty to be like proficient in that specialty and role compared to women's health NP, you can work in GYN, GYN onc, just generalized OB care, and then round in the hospital too. I have two questions. So did you learn like the IUD insertion and everything on the job with those WHNPs, right? So just so listeners know, like you do do all that stuff. Yes, I do do all that stuff. What some states and some like areas provide is like workshops that you can learn those things and become certified before you step into that role. However, a lot of it is on the job, you know, education and learning and training. Um, And oftentimes if you're learning on the job, you know, they'll pay for that, you know, certification or whatever. But in the state of Georgia, really, it's kind of like see one, do one, teach one. So for like IED insertion and removal, I did learn a lot of that as a student during clinical. But with the state of Georgia, you file 10 supervised like insertions, 10 independent, and then you're on, you're on your own. So that goes with any procedure. Great. And then my second question is, how did you know you didn't want to do midwifery being from labor and delivery? Like, what was a great that? question? I don't know. Let me ask you guys. Do you think you guys would pursue midwifery? No. No. (laughs) Exactly. No, I mean, I I, I kind of, the other day I was texting Sarah, my ADHD self was like, I'm in, I'm hyper fixating on midwifery right now. Uh, But I was like, let let that one run its course was my choice, was my answer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
sometimes, yeah. but yeah, I don't necessarily need to deliver. Like when I have an RN delivery, I'm like, oh, that's fine, but I'm glad I don't do that all the time, you know? And so maybe that's why I actually am terrified of stitching someone up. That would be my biggest yeah. fear. That's why I like would hold me back. Oh, absolutely. We like in school, we have like the suture kits and we practice, but like I have yet to actually stitch someone up. And I don't think I would ever want to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like I loved labor and delivery and postpartum and just it's all wonderful and amazing but I think early on in my career as an LD nurse I was like yeah I don't think I want to do that part I think I want to do all the other parts and then see the patients like before during and after delivery hmm, that's fun do you do postpartum visits with your patients no so we only see GYN um, okay. so we tech I mean technically we could but Generally, you know, patients have like their six week postpartum and then after that, happy to see them as long as it's not related directly to like their C-section scar or whatever. That's very close to their delivery. Mm -hmm. Do you miss the bedside? Like, how does that feel for you when you think about birth and do you miss the birth side? I do miss birth a lot. I do. I miss like the anticipation, like the prep and like being invested in like Because y'all, you know, when you admit a patient, you literally see them from like beginning sometimes to like delivery. Mm -hmm. I miss those, those deliveries a lot where it's like, oh, they're coming in. They're going to drop a baby. Come on, let's go. You know, there are some parts I miss, some parts I don't. In a whole, I do feel like I have more balance now and more peace. Like you said, Justine, like of like, I feel like I am where I'm supposed to be compared to when I was at the bedside. And maybe that was on me. Maybe that was my fault of thinking the grass is greener and this is not my final step, but I do feel more, okay, I'm where I need to be right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. We didn't prep you for this question, but I'm just, I'm hearing a lot about work-life balance and that one of the probably many motivations to pursue an advanced degree and do something else and that being something that you've been working towards. Would that be correct assumption? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. I think so. If I were to ask you, what do you define as work-life balance? What would be your answer? Yeah, that that's a loaded question, right? I know. <laughs> everyone <laughs> defines it so differently you know if you would ask me when I was like working nights on the floor I would have probably said work-life balance is like I get to sleep more than five hours and I can work out like two to three times a week and I am not as dependent on outside sources for my mental health like medication Mm -hmm. therapy other supportive measures But I think now it's so different because I have all these boundaries and measures in place where I'm prioritizing like eight hours of sleep a night and I'm like cooking most of my meals and I get to see my friends and family when I want to. And that is work-life balance for me because I'm not coming home and stressing out about that precip delivery that I had and did I do everything right? And, oh my God, am I going to get sued and all these things. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I know what I did at work is it. And if there's a problem, I'm going to see that patient again. And I also Mm -hmm. have supportive coworkers and a supportive supervising physician where I don't feel like I'm in trouble all the time. And outside of Mm -hmm. work, I feel like I have balance because I'm getting my, like literally the 
bottom layer of Maslow's hierarchy, right? Of like the proper sleep and food and stress is all managed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel safe. Yeah, I feel safe. And again, like, could I have achieved that as a nurse? Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, if I maybe worked in a different setting where I was maybe less stressed, like picked up a third job. <laughs> I don't know, you know, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like you've put a lot of intention behind your pursuit of peace and whatever we call work-life balance. And I think a lot of us maybe are feeling some of the symptoms of what it would feel like to not have a balanced, peaceful life and maybe aren't putting that much intention behind it. What was the catalyst for you? Like, why is that so important to you? And what motivates you to kind of push into that? I think what really drove me was when I had started honestly in the midst of this journey, I was a newlywed and like we had just gotten married. I was like, okay, cool. We got married. Now I have to go do this thing that I feel like is so important for my career, which is putting in my time basically. Right. Or like paying my dues. And there wasn't like one big thing, but ultimately I just saw signs of like wear and tear of like, okay, Mm. I'm stressed out from work. I only had four hours of sleep. And this is how I'm showing up in other aspects of my life. And this mm-hmm. has to change. And to be totally honest, like this was becoming a nurse practitioner was really my number one, not my number one, but really the only way that I thought could this could happen. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what a lot of people do think. And, you know, is it one of the main ways you could achieve it? Sure. But I, w- I would be lying if I said, you know, this is the way and I had a thousand other options and this is the one I chose, but this was my, my number one thing that I thought would work. And I got lucky and it did work, but yeah, it was like the wear and tear of it where I was like, okay, I don't think I can keep living like this. I don't think it's sustainable. Well, it sounds like you pursued your truth, right? That like, you know, is the answer for everybody leaving the bedside and going back to school and becoming a nurse practitioner. Like, no, it's not actually that, that hasn't been my route. Is everybody supposed to start a business? Oh, if you want work-life balance, like I would not suggest (laughs) that, you know? And so I think we all think that something's going to be the answer. And I think that there's like, I think it's easy to look outside of yourself and even hear some of these stories and be like, oh, well, there's my answer. Like, yes, it's going to be, I'm going to become a midwife or, oh, I'm going to do this because it worked for somebody else. And really what I'm hearing here is, is that this was your journey. This was your truth and you pushed into it and you knew that it would you know, it's it's easy to say that now because like now looking back, you can say you knew, but in the moment, I'm sure it didn't feel like that. Of like, I hope this works out. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's part of the challenge for all of us to like know thyself and push into how you feel and push into where you're drawn. And, you know, for some people to be like, I never want to leave birth ever. So then it's, if I know that, what's my truth? What's my, what, how do I seek peace? that fits for me. And it sounds like this was your route that's really worked for you, which it could be for other people too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, really intention is the key of like, okay, let's have a sit down moment and let's lay everything out and draw all the different routes instead of like scrambling and keeping like all those thoughts in our head and thinking, okay, if I do this, if I do that, she's done this, Sarah's done this just like sit down and write down what is feasible for me in this moment and in the next one, three, five years. 
And is there an opportunity for me to really see what that's like in a day to day? Like, can I shadow someone? Do I know someone? Is there someone I follow on Instagram who does this? And then like, then you got to like really trust your gut and take that leap of faith. But until then, it's kind of like, know that like what you're doing now matters regardless of what your next step is, but be intentional about that next thing. Yes. Yep. And I think too, I literally had this conversation with somebody yesterday too, about like, they actually are thinking about becoming a nurse and they have a completely different business. And I was totally thrown by the fact that this was even coming up, but at the same time, they were like, you know, I hope it's not a waste. I'm like, it's never a waste. It's never a waste. You never know. I really believe that like every life experience stacks and builds to our next level. And so to, again, it goes back to that, like being present and really appreciative of the current season, even if it's not where you want to be ultimately, but trusting that it's, it's getting you to the next step. But like, that's life, right? Like eventually what is the goal retirement? Like, I don't know. I don't, it's not for me. I want to keep giving back to the world for the rest of my life. Is the goal death? Like, I don't know, but I don't think I need to know. It's like, where am I at right now? How can I be present right now? And yes, I want to be working towards things because that's motivating. And that's, that gives me energy for the future and for like the next day. You've given me a lot to think about. And I have a question. I don't know if you've covered it. Did you know when you started nursing school that you wanted to do advanced practice nursing? Yeah, actually, I went into nursing school because I wanted to be an NP. But I had no idea what that even meant. You know, (laughs) I was just like, it was just the kind of thought of like, I'm 18. And I have no idea what I want to do with my life. So I'm going to pick this thing. And just like really run toward it. And along the way, I might like hear about other careers and other pathways, but I'm just going to keep going. So when I became a nurse, actually, right before graduation, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to apply to these handful of schools who accept students without any nursing experience, where I can just go from my BSN to my MSN and become an NP and just fast track that. But then I had my orientation for my first job as a nurse. And they were like, okay, this is what your life is going to look like. And this is what your responsibilities are and all this stuff. Like there's no way in hell I can humanly do all of this. And I'm so thankful I didn't because I then ended up working at the bedside full time for about two years before realizing, okay, you know what? Now I've seen this and now I'm really sure that I want to be a nurse. <laughs> now I'm sure I want out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. For real. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. You said a little bit ago, you were talking about like, do I get a third job? And I think it's interesting and I maybe listeners don't know, but you do have a pretty intense second job on Instagram and that, you know, that's how I found you. That's how a lot of people find you, but you are like, and I don't know if less now, but I would call you a hustler on Instagram. <laughs> like you do a really good job, Clara. I remember when it was OxyClean sponsored you or, you know, you yeah. did work with them. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I think again, I told my sister, I was like, OxyClean knows Clara. <laughs> <laughs> she had a clove bus, like clove oh my shoes. God. She and had a clove bus. bus. That's yeah. right. And you're making another pair of cloves right now. We are. We're working on something really exciting actually two pairs to keep your eyes peeled. But yeah, I mean, that's something I'd really never thought that would one, support my lifestyle or two, be what it is today. Because ultimately, I mean, it started from me being like this, like, 
you know, lost high schooler being like, okay, it actually was a way for me to document my weight loss journey when I was in high school. And with social media, you know, you can connect with literally anyone in the world. And that's slightly terrifying, but also amazing. And so as a high schooler, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm just going to like start tracking my progress. And then people started following and I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. And then that is inspiring in itself of like, okay, strangers care. And so Mm -hmm. now it's become my brand. And I feel like a huge part of my identity, although I am working on being less of a hustler about it, just because it's really easy to be, I call it like chronically online, like always on the phone, on the apps, like feeling like you have to live for social media and like feeling like, oh, am I doing this because I really want to, or like, because I want to post about it. And that's something that I really had to come to terms with. I think honestly, when I stopped, like when I graduated from nursing school. Hmm. So what did you decide and what is your approach and how do you, how do you manage that? I think my approach is kind of like similar to what I've always done of like, I'm going to post this because I want to post it and not because I care what other people think about it. Will people care and have opinions? Sure. And have there been days where I'm like, oh man, this person didn't like this. Like, does that mean that, you know, it's not worth anything or you get obviously some like mean comments here and there or criticism critique. But I think now I'm just like, I think the less I post, it also means that I have more peace in my life where I'm like, I don't Mm. feel the need to get that outside validation. And so listen, I told my, my community, I post when I want to. And like, if you don't like that, then peace out. And if you want to see certain things from me, definitely, you know, mention it. But if it's not going to work for me, I'm not going to do it. You know, it's kind of like the Mm -hmm. mindset of like, what is that saying? Like, I work to live, you know, not live to work. But basically, I just didn't want to like live just for the pursuit of social media. And by that, I mean, like, you know, obviously, we do need to do some campaigns, some things, because there is a lifestyle to support or like bills to pay. And sometimes, it's obviously an added benefit if I can work with a brand like OxyClean or Clove. And is some of that going to help pay my bills? Absolutely. And that's amazing. And that's something I would have never thought of and thought to do. But that's not my my identity. And it's an added benefit. I have a pair of the Clove ones. They're amazing. And I Same. would also like Same. that I'm going to get the next ones. I love my clothes. Oh, they're great. I, they're I so comfortable. Yeah, they really And are. you know what blows my mind about them is I, I feel really spoiled in that I can see a lot of the inside scoop of what a lot of brands are doing just because like that's, you know, influencers or like bloggers are hired before the launch of something new, right? And so they let you see like the behind the scenes. But listen, I always thought working in healthcare is, has got to be like the hardest job. And you know what? It is. I think it is. But I think to that degree, we also do gatekeep a little of like, no, you think your job is hard. You're sending some emails. But listen, the people at Clove, at Clove work so hard, like, and they truly do keep like healthcare workers in mind at the forefront. And like, dang, I could go on a whole rant about it. But I mean, you guys too, mm-hmm. you know, like, just because you're not working at the bedside, like dealing with direct patient care, it does not mean it's any less hard or less strenuous. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we do think that, don't we? It's just um, different. 
it's not better. It's, it's not worse. It's just different. And I think we it's all want to like trump each other and like one up, mm-hmm. like, well, I'm working harder. I'm doing yeah. more, you know, yeah. and it's, it's just different. You know, I thought that like, I, I think that about being a doula, to be honest, like being a birth coach, I'm like, it's harder than being a nurse in many ways. And then if you look at it from a completely different angle, it's totally not. And so you can, you can argue all sides. We're all working yeah. hard. We all need that validation. It, life is rough and it's going to be okay for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know what, Justine, I think you should become a midwife and, oh. ha- ha- <laughs> and have Sarah as your doula and then just like travel the world, just birthing and like laboring and the that traveling that would the be traveling fun. bundle traveling team yeah. traveling. <laughs> just seems like that would be great. I, I literally dropped out of my master's program so oh my gosh i was like this is not for me the school yeah. part is just brutal we were talking about yeah, that today that i was like I, the thought of like being told how to learn and what my answers should be is like very hard at this point yeah. in my life you know? Absolutely. So an online school is hard for me. I think if I went in person, it would be better, but I have a hard time just like not finding the answers online instead of learning them, you know? <laughs> so that's, it's a weird era of our learning these days. Like everything's on Quizlet, mm-hmm. everything's on Course Hero. Like am I actually learning or am I just paying to, for someone else's work? Like if we're being honest, oh. so. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So and I think that's a huge part of like people deciding if they want to go back to school too, you do have to come with, you know, come to terms that school's not what it used to be. And there are also like a lot of degree mills out there. And so you really have mm-hmm. to do your homework and mm-hmm. figure out, am I actually getting a good preparation and degree? And is it reputable? Or am I going to school that's like not actually accredited and I'm going to be done in thousands and thousands of dollars in debt and nothing to show for it? Totally. That's mm-hmm. so scary. Totally. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, Clara. One last question I have. If someone were to, like, what is one thing you wish you would have known before leaving the bedside and becoming an NP? If you were going to share that. I think this answer is going to be a little less, like, emotional than I thought I would normally respond and very logistical, maybe because this is the season of life I'm in. But I wish I knew how to, like, negotiate and like network better because Mm. when we're I think in our like nursing programs we are taught that okay when you're done with school you're going to go work at a hospital and you're just going to take whatever pay they give you and then also like don't ask your coworkers what they're making because that's not allowed right and don't even bother asking for another week of PTO because the hospital would never let you you know like all these mm. like fear tactics I feel were used. I don't know about you guys, but that was like my experience. And so I graduated a very scared new grad nurse thinking, okay, I'm going to take my $24 and 50 cents an hour per hour pay. And I'm going to get my, oh my gosh, how much PTO was it? I think 15 days of PTO. But if I ever wanted like a day off or my car was broken, then I would have to use my PTO for it, right? And then I was never taught that like making connections is so important to every aspect of your life. And so really for like a couple of years there, I was like, I'm just going to work and leave and survive and repeat. But I feel like 
that put me into like this, like, woe is me mindset of like, man, I'm going to be stuck here forever. And like, man, this sucks, but I guess I'm stuck here because I don't know what else to do. And I don't know anyone else. Like, I don't know that I'm supposed to be paid for. But then once you start talking, talking to other people of like, wait, you're a new grad just hired a year after me and you're making more than me. Like that makes no sense. Yeah. And so really I just learned the value of like, if you really don't ask, the answer is no. And if you don't know people, then unfortunately, like it's, you're not going to get anywhere, which sucks. Closed mouths never get fed. Yes, exactly. And also like sunk cost fallacy. Oh my gosh. That because when I put in my time as a nurse, which also like, I'm going to be totally honest, right? It wasn't a lot of time at all. I know there are probably nurses listening to this, right? Or like you both, like four years at the bedside is really not that long of a time, but it was long enough for me, right? But I also had this mindset of like, I see people, like some people like starting a business and like building a brand or switching career trajectories completely. And I was like, how could they do that? Like we put so much time and effort into this. But it's like, just because you put that much time into this and invest it all, like your time and energy doesn't mean that you're stuck in it. Mm-hmm. I like that as a takeaway. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. There's options. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. But I will say kind of on that note too, and I guess to plug like other amazing nurses is two resources that I've relied very heavily on is Amanda from the Resume Rx. Amanda has amazing resume templates that you can use and that are kind of catered toward nurses. And also Monica, she has a course called the Compensation Course, and mm-hmm. it helps you realize your worth as a nurse and nurse practitioner and learn like the like the etiquette and also the correct way to negotiate your worth of not just mm-hmm. like salary and pay, but like all the other things that are in a contract that we don't look at as new grads or nurses, you know, Mm -hmm. we just signed the damn thing. So those are amazing Mm -hmm. resources that of course I found through social media. I will link those at the bottom as well as Clara, all of your details and your clove, you have a clove promo code that they can get socks or something, right? Can I put that? Yes. Yeah. It's clove Clara. And then you add a pair of compression socks to your heart shoes and you get them for free. But oftentimes there's so many ways to like stack it and like ways to go about it. So Follow me and I'll give you all the tips and tricks. <laughs> exactly. If they wanted to follow you, how do they find you? I'm at, at it's Clara Jones now, previously at Nurse Clara, which was another big thing for me where I was like, I'm mm-hmm. always going to be a nurse, but like I'm more me. I love that you give insight into your day to day and that's lifestyle and that's also work. And that was your like education process. And I, I mean, I remember following you back when you were at the bedside and like showing up to, and when you quit and like, this is my last shift and all of that. So it's been really fun to be able to follow along with your life and journey along the way as we do. And that's like part of that networking piece of like just getting different perspective and seeing what's out there. And that's what I, I love about this episode in general of just to like, 
like open our eyes and expand that you're not stuck. I love that as our takeaway, that there's so many things that you can do. And if you're burnt out, you know, that is your alert. Like what you had noticed, you said you saw signs of that and you did something about it. And that might be a career change. That might be a lifestyle change. That might be a part-time work change. That might be a full-blown career change where you're like, I'm not going to be a nurse anymore. And I think we all need to be accountable to know ourselves and really seek out where we feel settled and at peace with our decisions. And if it's like, I, you know, like, yes, I'm burnt out, but like, I still love birth and I still think I belong here. Then what else can we do? Rather than saying, well, then I'm stuck. It's what can I do in that, in that sensation? You absolutely can join Bundle Birth. We have mentorship programs and classes and courses and other support things and really fun things coming that we're getting ready to announce. So stay tuned. And so, you know, there's lots of options there for you. And we're all in it together as we continue to rock and shift and support families and each other in living healthy lives. Oh, thank you guys like there's, so there's much. our little summary. Yeah. That thank you for perfect. being here. Yes. Clara. Thank you. Always a joy. And you guys make me miss birth for sure. Maybe oh, one day. Never no. say never, right? Never say never. You know? True. Never say never. You're not stuck. Um, you're not stuck. And you know what? <laughs> I remember when I like first, you know, corresponded with you, Justine, I was like, you guys are going to come labor me in Atlanta and you we're going to have this baby together. And <laughs> Justine just, was like, Aww. what baby? I was like, I don't know. A baby in however long. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me? Is this your announcement? No, 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 no. no. Um, Obviously, I will let you guys know. And I will, you know what? I have, after I met you guys and like printed out like the um, position guide and like all the amazing resources, the new grads just love it. And I like, they're still, you know, floating around and like people send me pictures all the time. They're like, we still have this and we love it, you know? So y'all are doing amazing work. Thank you for what you do. Oh, Thanks. Oh, thank you for what you do. We're in it together. Yes, we are. Thanks for spending your time with us during this episode of Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. If you like what you heard, it helps us both if you subscribe, rate, leave a raving review, and share this episode with a friend. If you want more from us, head to bundlebirthnurses.com or follow us on Instagram. Now it's your turn to go and get unstuck. We'll see you next time.